What makes a person of interest? Coach Michael Burke cuts to the chase, interviewing some of the biggest names in the world. How do they think? What makes them tick? What are their thought processes? And how they became a person of interest. Hey guys, I'm Coach Michael Burke, the Super Coach. You know, I believe everybody needs a good coach in their life. And several years ago, I wrote a book called Person of Interest, which is how you become a person other people want a piece of and cannot live without. And uh, it's really afforded me the ability to spend time with some of the most fascinating people in the world. One of our team members and monster producer, my big coaching program, Marty said to me, man, you gotta interview Johnny Caraba. And uh, I said, man, I, I eat at Caraba's restaurants. I said it would be an honor to be in Houston, Texas and meet the original founder of Caraba's restaurant. So Johnny, thank you, my friend. Coach, I admire you, man, <laughs> for everything you've done. I admire you, man. Marty's been telling me about you for a while. You're, you're a really unique guy. Okay, and you've done a lot of fascinating things in your life, and you are a person of interest. I mean, this is the book. Is, that's that's why I wrote this book is because I think we all aspire to do big things in the world. We aspire to take something small and make it big. We are right. So, so tell me, what originally turned you on to the restaurant business? Because most people will say, right? Most entrepreneurs say never get in the restaurant business. Yeah, that's what you hear more than you don't. You don't hear a lot of people encouraging people to go into the restaurant business. Well, my deal was, you know, I went to school to be an accountant, and that didn't quite work out. But I was very fortunate. You know, I was raised in a small neighborhood grocery store that my grandparents started. My dad took it over. He was the butcher. My mother was a cashier. So small business was always in my mind, you know, and, you know, ingrained in me. But then I had three uncles, my mother's three brothers, Damien, Tony, and Vincent Mandola, and they were in the restaurant business. And when I was going to college trying to finish up, I'd go work for them. And they always had confidence in me. They, you know, they, they, I don't know why, but they had confidence in me and they set me up in business. But it's something that, you know, not just because you're a coach, but I'm an ex-coach. Right. And I love the restaurant yeah. business because all I do is coach, but yeah. it became, you know, I, I run it just like you run a team or right. I run it just like, you know, right. you know that, that's, that, that's right. what it is. But I just loved it because right. it was about getting a team together and right. so it just I just yeah. happened to you know small business right. family owned neighborhood business right. and I just thought that I was just uh, it's in my DNA right well you've got some very clear philosophies on running a business right like you want your employees to have the tools they need to be successful you you want everything to be clean you want talk a little bit about Talk, talk a little bit about, man, what is your core philosophy on, on that? Because there's a lot of takeaways, even just walking through the restaurant tonight, watching well, how you want this thing to run. You know, I, I've been I've been preaching this for years, and, you know, and, and I'm not going to get away from preaching it. Mm-hmm. And anything you do, if you want to be really good and, you know, consistent, mm-hmm. you know, the people that make the Hall of Fame are the people that do the same things over and over again, mm-hmm. but they have core fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And... And I preach fundamentals in our business. So, you know, my fundamentals are food, mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. cleanliness, mm-hmm. atmosphere and ambiance, yes. and I must have high morale. Yes. I don't worry about high morale much. Yeah. Why? Because if I'm executing my food, service, cleanliness, atmosphere, and ambiance to the best right. of our abilities, right. we're going to win. Right. Winning's fun. That's Losing's right. not yeah, fun. Yeah. I think you remember yeah, that, yeah, don't yeah, you? I do, man. Not that you lost no, much. Yeah, but yeah. But that's that's basically if you stick to your fundamentals and right. your core principles and beliefs. Right. You know, I have a, a when I interview and hire, and I, I and I still do the orientations here in Houston. I talk about the fundamentals, but I also talk about 
our rule, you know, our 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 initial thought right. is we're going to live by the golden rule around here. Right. So you have to have some guidelines and mottos that you live by. The golden rule: treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat people with genuine concern. Yes is the answer. What's the question? Yeah. We give for the sake of giving and not for the sake of gaining. Right. And so when you keep pounding that message, you know, just like you did when you coach, you pound the same Same messages over again. Well, then you start building a culture. Mm -hmm. And I would have to say that, and I'm jumping ahead on you, Mm -hmm. my number one biggest threat is the loss of culture. Yes. You know, we're 31 and a half years old at the Carabas in Houston. Right. And I think the, the loss of culture... You know, breaks down countries, it breaks down families, the loss of culture breaks down companies. And so, good. I really feel like you have to have, you know, your core beliefs yeah. and you live by them. Right. So when you think about this, I, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about three tenets of great cultures, trust, belonging, purpose. You're building that. Most restaurants that I see, even restaurants I grew up going to, I still remember every Saturday, my whole family getting together to go down to Shoney's restaurant and eat strawberry pie, right? And you couldn't get in Shoney's at that time. You get yeah. in Shoney's today, but you couldn't then because because what I see happen is they were dynamic at one point, then they got static, and then they went in tropic. So 31 and a half years is pretty phenomenal. So, so what do you attribute? One of the things you mentioned to me is this constant evolution. How do you keep from from people getting stale? Because 31 and a half years is a, is a is a run that very few people will ever do. Especially, I've gone in restaurants, Johnny, at this time of night where there's where there's just a few people in there on a weeknight. I mean, it's real desolate. It's not vibrant like it is here. What do you attribute that to? I, I think that you know I, I believe in uh, I believe in longevity of my employees. You know, and and I and I've talked to you before on this, but you know, with the two original problems, we have roughly 220 employees. 56 of them have been with me 15 years or longer. 110, 115 of them have been with me 10 years or longer. So we're a family. But the one thing is, is that this is a tough business. If you don't stay fresh and let the the business evolve, you always got to be tweaking. You always got to be, you know, not not changing the core of the restaurant, but you always have to be freshening up. Right. And you have to keep your staff right. motivated, right? Sure. You know, and, yeah. and I think that I think the biggest key to us, and, and, and that's what I'm most proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 31, 31 years old. Right. Uh, we're at the top of our game. Right. Uh, but guess what? There's no absentee ownership here. Right. Uh, we're, I'm part of the family. We trust each other. Yes. Uh, you know, I, my, my wife Randy, son Johnny, and daughter Mia, they're my family. Right. I guarantee you. Right with them is these people that work with me. Right. We're family. Right. And we rely on each other. And, you know, I get emotional talking about it. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. Today I had, uh, I'm at another restaurant that I own, and uh, one of my ladies from the original Carabas comes in to eat with me. Right. She's been with me since day one. Right. We went to war with each other. We Powerful. worked. <laughs> We used to work eight days a week together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's that, that you know, that bond. And so that's, I think you have to be loyal to your people. Coach, I'm going to tell you something. I had an old customer of mine, he's now deceased, his name was Sidney Patterson. And he used to always mentor me about talking to me about organizational charts, segregation of duties, mm-hmm. love the guy. Mm-hmm. 
And he told me, he goes, Johnny, don't don't be one of these new companies. And I said, what do you mean by that, Mr. P? Yeah. He goes, well, he goes, back when I was coming up to Wake Forest and went to go work at Gulf Oil, he goes, I knew I was going to go to work there and I was going to be there the rest of my life. He goes, and guess what? Back in those old days, Gulf Oil wanted me for all my life. Yeah. He goes, now people trade off. Right. They're here three years, they go get a better job. Right. But companies aren't loyal to people either. Right. So I'm still old-fashioned. Yes. And, and, you know, where I'm not... I'm not trying to wean people out of here. Right. They know that I have their back. Right. And guess what? Yeah. They got mine got too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see that. So at some point, Carabas went from right one locally on place to all over the place. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Because I think a lot of people look at things and they go, "How do we? How do we take it big?" Because now, and I want to get into your other restaurants. You're really an entrepreneur or a restaurantpreneur, right? You've got multiple interests in these in, in these different places. So, talk about how it originally went from here to here. Well, it, I mean, it, it, I I never thought about it. Right. You know, first of all, I believe, and, and, and I know I'm talking fast, but I'm so I, listen. My my wife, she's not very fond of you because I'm laying in bed. I'm always listening to Coach Michael Burke. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but she'll get over it. Yes. Uh, but I'm excited to be here. But. You know, I really feel like, you you know, I never had this vision. You know, I just knew that I had one little 3,000 square foot restaurant that my dad put up a $100,000 CD and I wasn't going to lose it for him. My uncle Damien Mandola, the co-founder of Carabas, he had put everything into it, you know, uh, mentally and, 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 and sweat. And I just knew that I wasn't going to fail. But I thought that I was going to be this Italian you know, my family's been here for 120 right. years, but I still look at myself as being an immigrant. But I thought I was going to run this one restaurant right. for the rest of my life, right. and then I was going to do the Italian thing, run right. a small neighborhood business, right. turn it over to your family. Yes. Well, we opened up a second location, uh-huh. and I thought that was going to be the rest of my life, two locations. And I didn't want to open up the second location. My Uncle Damien told me that Carabas had some, poss- you know, some potential, Right. you know? And then I started having people call me, and they believed in it, and they wanted to put money into it. Right. And then one day, I got a phone call from a guy named Tim Gannon, who was one of the founders of Outback Steakhouse. And I really wasn't interested. And he told me, he goes, can we, me and Chris Sullivan, can we fly to, the, the CEO and founder of Outback, can we fly to Houston and just talk? It doesn't hurt to talk. Right. <laughs> and then that's when we entered into a joint venture. And you know, we you know grew the restaurant you know uh, through the country. Right. There's one thing that I think that I always try to tell people: if you just take care of the task at hand, right, and worry about one thing, yes. and you get to the best of your ability, it will allow you to grow. Don't go into a business and say, "I'm going to be a national chain." Right. You ain't opened up your first location right. yet. Yeah, no. That's right. So I think you have to do really well and, and, and build your foundation. Yeah. Even though I wasn't building a foundation with my team to be a national chain. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it happened. It happened. And, and, and I think that, you know, it's like, you know, how does a ball player make it to, you know, right. the pros? Right. Yeah, they, they take they take one day at a time and they give it their best effort yeah every single day as a young person and then 
they evolve into a superstar, right? You know, and that's what I think. I mean, I think that you know, it's, it's just one step at a time. It's, it's you know, one grind at a time. All right. So let me ask you this: one of the t- things we teach in our coaching program is a concept called intentional congruence, where different, where you got a primary concept, but then they kind of feed each other. When you started developing these other concepts, the, how, how did you? How did you? Did you see missing structures in the market and go, we need to fill something here because I see that this is missing. Talk a little bit about that. Cause I, well, I, I mean, I feel, like, I, I feel like you have to always know what's needed in a market. Right. And I'm not a genius. Let me tell you something. I, I just roll meatballs for a living. <laughs> so I'm not a genius, and I have figured out I'm not a genius, right? Yeah. But I really think that you have to look at, you know, what fits in what market. Right. But let's just say you open up a, a, another concept. Even though that's needed in that community, in that market, your basic fundamentals, even though your recipes are different, your menu's different, the restaurant's gonna look different, right. your basic core fundamentals are the same. Right. You know, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I always, always, you know, I always wanna stay in the restaurant business. Right. I have a guy that just passed away, a good friend of mine just passed away this week, his name was Bill Hill. And he was one of these Houston oil, very charitable guy, but oil guy, right? Oil, mm-hmm. we say oil, yeah. but anyhow. <laughs> but but he used to always tell me when I was a young guy, and I always like to listen to older people. Mm-hmm. And he used to always tell me, he goes, Johnny, he goes, just because you're successful in the restaurant business doesn't mean that you're a great businessman. <laughs> he goes, stick to what you know, right? And so that's what we try to do. Yeah. But it's all about you know getting back to the question, right? It's it's you know it it. it you got to know what's going to sell in a market. Right. What do people need? Right. You know? So, talk a little bit about what what your days look like now. Do you sh- do you do you still show up every day in the restaurants? Do you do you work every day? How does that look? Well, I'm gonna tell you something. In the old days, you know, and I and I'm not exaggerating. It was eight in the morning until twelve or one in the morning. Yeah. I was basically the first year. Yeah. Uh, I was basically the only one that had the keys to the place. And I was so tired that I used to have a busboy named Oliverio that would drive me home and pick me up in the morning. And and, and then, you know, then I opened up a second location with Marty Reichenthal, one of your one of your uh, players mm-hmm. and uh, students. And uh, he, he ran my second location and he was my right hand. Start off as a waiter. Uh, and but but as a time then when we got in business with Outback, I was traveling all over the country. And you know that's that kind of business there's for thoroughbreds, and I'm just like a little Shetland pony. So I became like more the the, the figurehead, the you know the, the mouth of the company, right. the face of the company. Right. It still had some influence on it. Right. Uh, but now I'm going to let you know I'm not working the hours that I used to work. Okay. Yep. Physically. Right. But I'm still working at least six days a week. Yes. I wake up at five thirty in the morning. Uh-huh cannot wait to get to work. I love what I do. You know, the Houston Chronicle called me about three or four years and said, what, you know, we're interviewing people on what would you do if you weren't doing what you're doing? Right. And I said, mm, I'm doing what I love doing. But, but Johnny, what would you do? And I said, I'd like to be a high school football coach. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that's what I do. Right. But to get to my point is, is I work now because I love it so much, but I also feel like my team, they're counting on me to be here. Right. And so I have a 
good group of people yeah. that I love spending time with. And, and I, I think now it's changed because I want to influence people's life. Right. You know? Yeah. That's what coaches Well, do. you said something earlier that there's, you know, a difference between a short-term thinking and a long-term <laughs> thinking. Yeah. And I really like that because lots of successful people come out of the restaurant business. They learn how to deal with people. They learn how to deal with objection. They learn how to deal with problems. They learn how to deal with teams. I mean, it it, it can be a, a training ground. A lot, most of yours have stayed with you. But it, it can be, I mean, I, even when I hire people, when they tell me they worked in a restaurant business or been a bartender, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at them as, man, they got good people skills. So talk about this short-term versus long-term. Well, you know, let's just say, you know, uh, uh, most doctors or most attorneys or most football players, basketball players, that was, that's their dream all their life. I want to be a doctor. I want to play in the NBA. Right. That's what their dreams are. When you look at most people, especially when I was coming up in the business, you know, now it's kind of cool to be in the restaurant business because of the food right. network and all that kind right. of stuff, right? right? But when I was coming up, this was just kind of a cobblestone, you know, stepping stone, I should say, to what they want to do. Right. When I hire people, and generally they want to be artists, musicians, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, yeah. You know, actors, uh, you know, whatever. Right. They want to go live their dream. They're just doing this to kind of temporarily pay for something. Right. And I used to always let them know, you know, hey, I know you're only going to be here for a short amount of time, but please do not have a short-term attitude because if you have a short-term attitude, you're going to carry that short-term attitude all the way through your life. Right. And then I also would point out something, being the you know the Sicilian guy that I am, if you do have a short-term attitude, it's going to be a little shorter than you think, <laughs> because we are counting on, this right. is our career, right. we're counting on you right. to be part of our team. Right. So I don't care if you're here for six months, a year, just give me your best effort. And so again, short-term attitudes in life right. don't really make it, yeah. you know, and uh, a lot of those people that wanted to go coach a lot of those people that wanted to go off and you know be artists and musicians and whatever yeah. guess what yeah. they're in the restaurant business right right because they fell in love with it what do you attribute the general decline of customer service to in the country because because it, it does seem not that strong I know in my market it's hard to find a place that you know my wife and I go to dinner. It's, it's hard to find a place that you say, man, that was great customer service. How do you embed that? Because I think a lot of people, that's not embedded in the culture yeah, anymore. I, you know, I, I really, I have to I have to kind of answer this. I'm just going to answer it. And I don't want anybody to get upset with me. We're, we're, not, we're not raising, a lot of us aren't being raised with a bunch of good, old school, Right. You know, when we were growing up, and I hate to say, you know, and, and this is not right for me to say this, but I think when you hire people, you got to start off at ground one. This is how you shake a hand. Right. This is how you make eye contact. Right. If somebody needs to go to the restroom, you walk them to the restroom. Right. We still open doors for ladies. Right. We still pull out chairs for ladies. Right. We still make eye contact with everybody at the table. Right. And I think you have to just embed that because... Uh-huh. Nowadays, you know, um, all of us, even, you know, people that are, you know, 59 years like myself, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at phones most of the day. Right. Generation ago, two generations ago, we were having dinner with our family. Right. 
and 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 the, and the family meal is kind of uh, uh, you know kind of hitting rock bottom sure. in a way. Sure. So manners make a difference. Right. I think that you know you know you coming from a coaching background, right? right? I mean, you got you got to start off. With, I, mean, I remember coach reading Coach John Wooden's books. Right. He taught his players how to put their socks on. Put socks on. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's what you have to do in business, but. Yeah, we are living in an era that the you know the good old obedient, mannerly, right. respectful. But guess what? They're still great people. Absolutely. You know, people are people. Absolutely. You know, every generation had good and bad. What's What's next for? Because you seem like an ambitious guy. I mean, what you <laughs> What you've done? Is, I mean, you've done a lot. What's What do you What's constantly out there in front of you? What you know you what I want to do. I want, I want, I'm, I'm growing a couple concepts, but I want to grow it, and I think I have a chip on my shoulder, mm-hmm. and I don't want to talk about the chip that I have on my shoulder, but I want to grow a couple concepts to be still family-owned with partners, mm-hmm. you know, the people that you know, I put in position to run a restaurant that are my partners, mm-hmm. to provide a good opportunity for them, mm-hmm. but the one thing I think that I want to, I, I want to prove to myself and I want to prove to a couple other people out there in the world that it can be done the old-fashioned way, and you can do it without putting the almighty dollar and the return on investment as your number one, uh, you know, uh, 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 goal. Right. You know, I think too many businesses now they keep on trying to answer Wall Street. I think a lot of businesses are just you know worrying about you know selling to a private equity. I think a lot of companies out there are have an exit plan, and I tell people this all the time, Coach. I've been doing this 31 years, I'm 59 years old. I don't have an exit plan. And so I wanna do something that I think is precious right. and genuine. Right. I want, naturally, we all wanna make money, but right. money is a byproduct right. of doing something right. right. And I wanna do it the old fashioned, just quality, right. heart, yeah. putting the customer in the, you know, and a lot of people put the customer first, I put my employees maybe in front of my customers. If I take care of my employees, they're going to take care of my customers. Right. I want to do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. So I think I'm. I feel. I still think I have a couple. You know. Yeah. A, a, a couple years left. Well, if it doesn't work out for you, uh, I got a few spots on my roster for you to coach. Does that sound like a plan they got? <laughs> coach, I admire you, <laughs> we'll man. We'll put you. We'll put you in front of all these monster <laughs> producers, man. They'd love to be coached by you. Guys, I want to thank I want to thank Johnny Caraba. I know he's got some other engagements tonight, but um, I believe that we should all be spending time with people of interest. I'm a big believer in being humble, hungry, coachable, and uh, placing yourself around other dynamic people on a consistent basis. Because hopefully tonight has opened your eyes to some things. I know I know it's opened some eyes for me and some things we can do better with my staff, with my team, and how we can constantly be getting better every single day. So thank you for spending time on personal interest and having us at your restaurant, man. I was very excited to have you. I want to thank you for being an influence in my life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. God All bless right, you, John. Thank, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. What makes a person of interest? Coach Michael Burke cuts to the chase. Interviewing some of the biggest names in the world. How do they think? What makes them tick? What are their thought processes? And how they became a person of interest.